welcome. <laughs> welcome, you are listening to audio from the table. If you'd like to learn more about our community or donate to this ministry, please visit the tabletx.com. Merry Christmas, Table Podcast listeners. Brett here. So glad to be with you all. So the title of my, my message this Christmas is Don't Miss the Glory. Our passage is from Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So you may have noticed a recurring word throughout this story. It's the word glory. It's mentioned, um, I think, at least three different times. The second mention of it is in verse 14. Uh, this is the text that has the, the great uh, heavenly host that all says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, this description of glory to God in the highest heaven, it can make it sound like the glory is remote and distant and inaccessible even though I don't think that's really what the text is saying because right, the whole Christmas story is precisely that God is in Christ drawing near. Uh, but as modern people, I think that's how we hear it and that's how we think of it. We say, oh yeah, glory, glory to God. You know, God's got all the glory up in heaven. He's great, he's so great. But, but me, well, I, I'm just me. I'm just living my mundane life in a mundane world. I, I have no access to the glory. Um, but that's why I love verse nine. It reads, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
and they were terrified. For years, I read this story. I thought the them was the angels because I just assumed the whole heavenly host was there from the beginning. Um, and, you know, like, so they're angels, so of course they're glorious and they have the, they radiate the beauty of God and such. Um, but you'll actually notice on, on a closer reading that at first it is not an entire heavenly host that appears to the shepherds. Um, in verse 9, how many angelic visitors have arrived? Precisely one. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So who's the them? It's not the angels. It's the shepherds. In other words, the glory was not reserved for God. The glory was not reserved for God's messengers. The glory was not limited to the highest of heavens. No, Christ appears, the angel appears, and the glory begins to shine upon all creation, upon all humanity, upon you and upon me. I'm reminded of uh, another passage. This is from the prophet Isaiah. He had his own angelic vision, and in it, the angel said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. In other words, the whole earth is buzzing with divinity. All creation is on fire with spirit, with love, with wonder, with the beauty of God. Friends, don't miss the glory. One of my favorite writers and directors is uh, Terrence Malick. And one of his great works is the film The Tree of Life. If you're a table regular, you've definitely heard me talk about this movie. Uh, I, I really like it. But, um, but here's the thing. Most people, I must admit, do not like Terrence Malick films. Because, um, well, basically they're like the opposite of a Marvel movie. Uh, a Marvel movie kind of assumes, yeah, perhaps accurately, that we... Uh, are kind of leaning towards having the attention spans of goldfish <laughs> that we're just, we're used to constant entertainment and stimulation, you know? And, and kind of add on top of that, we're just, we're, we're busy, high adrenaline, fast moving society. And so if we're going to watch a movie, like, hey, we better either be laughing every 60 seconds or something better be blowing up. And superheroes movies kind of give you that. Um, but Malik, who by the way is a Christian, understands that that's precisely our illness, we have hurry sickness, busy sickness as a society. We're addicted to our own adrenaline. We're terrified of slowing down, of entering into silence, lest we actually have to face ourselves and our feelings. <laughs> and so his films, they are intentionally slow and quiet. And here's the key, beautiful. Every shot, a work of art. Every word spoken, poetry. Because Terrence Malick is trying to bring us back to God. So the movie, The Tree of Life, it's about a family from Waco, Texas in the 1950s, the O'Briens. And the father of this family is played by Brad Pitt. And throughout the film, Pitt's character is the kind of prototypical 1950s American male. You know, lived through the Great Depression, lived through the, the World Wars. So, right, he's just, he's focused um, driven, disciplined, but also uh, pretty out of touch with his feelings because of that, rather severe with his wife and children, um, at times even kind of shading towards abuse. He's, he's just, he's tried all of his life so hard to be a success, to fill this deep insecurity with accomplishment. But life has a way of humbling us, doesn't it? And after losing his job, he can see that he's missing it. 
Like he has a beautiful family, a nice little house. He goes to church every Sunday. They say grace before meals. And yet somehow he's missing it. Towards the end of the film, he says this. I wanted to be loved because I was great, a big man. I'm nothing. Look at the glory around us, trees, birds. I lived in shame. I dishonored it all and didn't notice the glory. I'm a foolish man. Friends, don't miss the glory. A few weeks ago, I coached my son Dax's soccer team at their regional tournament. So during the regular season, they got first place in their age group. So they got to enter this this tournament with teams from all over North Texas and um, even folks like all up in the Panhandle and Amarillo or I mean, just from all over. And as you can imagine, I mean, hey, it's youth sports. So it was bananas. It's extremely competitive. The parents are crazy into it. The the players, the coach, I mean, just everyone's going nuts, you know, and every team is good. Every team wants to win badly. And honestly, like, it was an amazing tournament. Last year, we got into this tournament, and we, uh, we lost, like, pretty quickly. But this year, we got all the way to the semifinals, and we were tied at halftime. And then, towards the end of the game, they scored two more goals, and we, we lost in crushing fashion. They say the best seasons always end in tears, tears of joy or tears of grief. But, like, at least you're playing for something. And uh, ours ended in tears of grief. I'll never forget standing there on the sideline after the loss. It was just me, my assistant coach Ruben, half circle of 12-year-old boys with sweat still pouring from their foreheads and tears rolling down their faces. And you know what? It did. It hurt. And yet somehow, I wanted to be there for that moment. I wanted to feel it. There was something holy about each and every one of our tears I say our because I was crying too. (laughs) It was like, it was the beauty of love, friendship, of trying, succeeding, failing. I swear, the glory was all around us. Friends, don't miss the glory. But the truth is, it's easy to miss, isn't it? Why is that? So many reasons. Uh, Because we're so stuck in our heads because of our hurry sickness, because we don't really want to face painful feelings, because we're constantly judging our life, comparing it to others, because we live virtual lives on screens instead of a flesh and blood life, like those and a million other reasons. You see, we miss the glory when we allow our attention to be drawn away by the virtual, sensational, loud, bombastic, urgent, and cruel And here's the thing, in our world today, you know there is so much that is virtual, sensational, loud, bombastic, urgent, or at least it feels urgent and cruel. And so it becomes a habit, just a way of being. We become like Mr. O'Brien, so obsessed with getting somewhere that we miss the glory all around us. But here's the good news. You don't have to miss it. We don't have to miss it. In fact, may this Christmas be a turning point, a point where you say, yes, it's true, there is much that is cruel in this world, but you know what? Those things don't eclipse the glory. 
I'm taking time for the beauty around me. I'm taking time to notice the quiet. I'm going to live my life in such a way that I behold the goodness and the glory of the Lord in every moment. I'm going to love every leaf, every bird, every ray of light, every precious human being that I have the joy of encountering. Yes, I'm going to love. I'm not going to miss the glory. I'm going to honor the glory. Verse 16 says, So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, Mary wasn't going to miss the glory. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, I like to think about those shepherds. I like to think that they were forever changed by that encounter, that moment where they beheld the highest beauty. And friends, this Christmas, we stand alongside the shepherds. We hear the angels singing. We too peer into the manger to behold Christ, the unsurpassable image of the glory of God. And we too are invited, not coerced, not forced, but invited to never be the same. So don't miss it. Don't miss the glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas.